Hello and welcome to a new episode of Your Health Podcast. My name is Jan Kucacek, and uh, our guest today is member of European Parliament Tomislav Sokor, uh, affiliated with European People's Party. Um, welcome. Thank you for inviting me. So I think it's uh, appropriate to start with a current topic that is uh, a state of the EU speech uh, by uh, EC President uh, Ursula von der Leyen. So uh, what is your point of view on that speech? Do you think that the speech uh, covered uh, health issues uh, in appropriate detail? Well, to be perfectly honest, not a lot. So healthcare was mentioned, I believe, on two occasions. So one where the president said that we have set the building blocks for European Health Union. And the second that uh, member states have used the recovery and resilience facility to digitalize their healthcare systems. On the other hand, it's logical that maybe that, that there has not been mention of many new initiatives since we are at the end of the electoral term. And the, the fact is that we have really done a lot. So we have um, adopted Europe's beating cancer plan, rules on serious cross-border health threats. We have strengthened the mandate of the ECDC and EMA and other uh, European uh, health-related institutions. We have increased 12-fold the, the EU budget. So now we have EU for Health program, which is 5.3 billion euros. The previous one, uh, one was around 450 million euros. So it's an enormous increase. Also, also the European Health Data Space proposal is now being worked on in the Parliament and we are waiting for the final agreement within the Parliament then to start negotiations with the Council, with the Member States. And also we have started work on the uh, package of pharmaceutical le legislation, which should make uh, medicines in Europe uh, much more affordable and much more much closer to citizen, citizens and make it easier for all the patients uh, to access these new medicines. So definitely, I think we have we have done a lot. A lot. Uh, uh, DPP has been the spearheading this uh, whole uh, idea, this whole initiative of the European Health Union. And now it is time to really focus on finishing what we started. So the, the two most important things are obviously health data space, the the pharma legislation, but also the implementation of Europe's beating cancer plan. So this is what we have to focus before the end of the term and after uh, the elections uh, with the election of the new parliament, we'll see what new initiatives will come along. Well, you've mentioned twice uh, European health data space uh, regulation proposal. So maybe you could tell us more about this, uh, this proposal and what are the objectives of it? Uh, so the objectives are to have better, faster, and more efficient healthcare. That's the so-called uh, primary use of data. So, so the data uh, which is accessed by healthcare professionals. So, so the whole idea is that that all of our health data will be digitalized. It will be it will be put in a in one European format, and and this will be enable uh, health professionals in other member states other parts of the same member states uh, to access our health data, medical images, diagnostics, everything, which, make, which will make it easier for them to prescribe new treatments in a much faster, more efficient way than before. There will be no overlaps, no, no doubling or, or repeating the same procedures that have already been done, etc. So, so the idea of this is to have a faster, more efficient healthcare, while also enabling patients uh, to have more control over their own health data. So, for instance, uh, patients will be able to limit access, to restrict access to part of their data to some healthcare professionals. For instance, if this, there is a diagnosis of some kind of a mental health disorder or something, patients will be able to restrict access to this part of data only to certain healthcare professionals. 
so, so definitely better and more efficient healthcare and uh, enabling patients to have more control over their health data. The other part is the secondary use of data. So the idea of secondary use of data, that's the use of data by people who are not healthcare professionals, for instance, for the purpose of research, innovation, creation of new medicines, making policy decisions. We saw, for instance, during the pandemic that, uh, that, uh, that we had different data with different standards and protocols, different methodologies from different member states. And it was very hard to make common European decisions, coordinate uh, our uh, approach to COVID, etc. So, so with the health data space, with enabling the secondary use of data, we'll make, we'll, we'll make it possible that all of this unused or untapped potential of the health data from across the European Union member states will be able to utilize it and use it for research, innovation, making policy decisions, etc. So, so how it, will it work? So uh, healthcare providers will, like hospitals, for instance, but also universities, uh, research institutes, etc., will catalog, cat, uh, catalog their data that they have, they will have to make this available uh, for the use of, for instance, universities who want to use this data for research, etc. These data sets, they will be made in common in the in the common way across the European Union. And then those who want to use this data, for instance, to develop new medicines uh, for research, etc., will send a request to the health data access bodies, who will then decide whether uh, conditions are fulfilled uh, to give access to this data. Of course, this data will be anonymized or pseudonymized, so it, it will not be possible for individual patients to be identified by the, uh, through this data. It will only be done in secured environment, and, uh, and this data will not be downloaded, so nobody would be able to take away this data, take it with them. So they will only be able to access it for the purpose, for instance, of research in a secure environment. What is also important for us in the European Parliament is that patients also get to choose whether the data should be used for this so-called secondary purpose or not. And for that reason, we, we propose so-called opt-out mechanism. So that those patients who do not want their data to be used in these data sets for research, innovation, etc., will be able to decide like that. And we believe this is very important for us because on one side, we make it possible for patients uh, uh, to, to choose, to decide on one side. But on the other side, we'll, uh, we believe that with an opt-out system, we'll still get enough data, enough uh, representative data sets that it will be useful in the end for the purposes that we want, like research and innovation. So I think that this, this could really be a breakthrough, that this could be, uh, be a major change in the way how health systems work in the European Union. And I, and I believe that by doing this, we'll be able to achieve objective of uh, better control of data by the patients. Uh, better and more efficient and faster healthcare, and uh, and uh, having much more data, much more useful data, so that we can make better informed policy decisions, and, but also that we can uh, create uh, and develop new medicines in a much uh, better and faster way than up until now. Well, uh, this all seems pretty reasonable and straightforward. However, just two months ago, you uh, acknowledged that uh, there are significant obstacles in reaching an agreement, especially in this area of uh, secondary use uh, of uh, health data. So what's, uh, what's this about? And uh, do you think that uh, those uh, obstacles could be uh, overcome by the plenary that is uh, planned for November? I think so. Actually, we, we, we have reached an agreement. The majority in the parliament has reached an agreement in the negotiations to have a general opt-out approach, maybe with some specific exceptions for an opt-in. We'll still see. We're still working on that. But the overall general approach will be an opt-out. And we think that this is important. Uh, pa patient groups support it. 
this is this is I think also very important. But now we have to also explain it to the general public that they do not have to be afraid, and it it will not be possible for Facebook or Google or big tech companies to take mm-hmm. away their data, use it for social media profiling and things like that. So we have a lot of safety valves. We have a lot of safety safety mechanisms which prevent this from happening. So I think this is very important. So now that we get all the stakeholders within the system on board, healthcare system, that we also explain this to the general public. And of course, in the implementation phase, what will be the challenge will be to get uh, the stakeholders, especially healthcare professionals, to really uh, belong to uh, to this system. Because they will have to feed the data, they will have they will have they will have to to put the data into the system. They will also be u- using the, the data. So it's very important that healthcare professionals are are trained and that they are explained uh, what this means and what are the end benefits of this whole system. And also what will be very important is the question of funding. So one area where the Commission's proposal is not very good is the term of is funding. So, so what they, the Commission has proposed in terms of funding is definitely not enough for all the things that we have to do across Europe. So we as the Parliament will propose that in the next revision of the multiannual financial framework of the EU, that's the seven-year budget of the EU, we find much more additional funding for the building of this whole infrastructure, training of people, etc. for the HDS. Because we believe that this is the crucial thing, we want this to be implemented especially since there are big differences across member states. So the member states are on different levels in terms of digitalization of healthcare systems, uh, the use of data, etc. So we have to we have to be able to harmonize all of this so that everybody gets on the same level. And to do this, we'll need investment from the central EU budget. Hmm. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's uh, for, for this topic, but uh, there are several other topics uh, currently in, uh, in the European Parliament. One of them is own initiative report on non-communicable diseases being prepared by a subcommittee on, on public health. So uh, what are the aims of that? Yes, yeah, so uh, finally the subcommittee on public health has been formed because you know that in the European Parliament we have the same committee, which is both for public health and environment the end yep. committee. And this is a big problem because these are so important areas that each of these areas should have a separate committee. And we in the EPP, in the European People's Party, were the ones who were pushing to have a separate health committee. Especially this, with the Green Deal and other environmental initiatives, it's getting yes, a and, bit and more focused on that. It's kind of in the background because of this. So we want to have yes. a fully fledged legislative healthcare committee, which will only focus on health. Uh, so, as the first stage, uh, we were able to to form this subcommittee. But I hope that also after the elections, when the new parliament is formed, that we'll be able to have a really separate, fully fledged legislative committee with full powers. So, uh, on the on the concrete report, yes. I, uh, this is a very important report, I think, because non-communicable diseases are the ma- major number one killer in the European Union. We, we mentioned Europe's beating cancer plan. So cancer is the second uh, killer in terms of the number of, of people that, that it kills in the EU. And the first killer, the number one killer in the EU are the cardiovascular diseases. And this shows that, uh, that this is really a big problem, not to mention also mental health is a separate issue, diabetes. So all of these things influence a, no- a great number of people. And if we want to do something on European level, then we have to act now as soon as possible. So this is why this re- report is important. And especially, I think one of the main focuses will be on prevention. Because the big, the real majority of non-communicable diseases depends on the lifestyle, uh, the way how people uh, eat, uh, what they drink, uh, whether they, they smoke cigarettes, etc. So life, and this obviously all comes down to lifestyle. And in this in this sense, if we can if we can in, uh, influence uh, and 
and facilitate people to adopt their lifestyle to be more healthy, let's say, uh, then we can really do a lot in terms of prevention. And prevention is the most cost-effective way of health treatment, right? It's much it's much cheaper course, to prevent disease than, than to treat it. So definitely, we, I believe that we, that some recommendations uh, which will be useful will be presented in this report, and this will also help us raise awareness of this issue. Uh, well, uh, you mentioned uh, very properly those uh, three uh, most important uh, uh, graviating factors for uh, especially cardiovascular and uh, other non-communicable diseases uh, that are unhealthy food consumption, alcohol and, uh, and tobacco. Uh, but uh, we've seen uh, very uh, controversial approaches to, uh, to those, uh, those factors within EU, very different approaches among uh, Uh, member states uh, when some of the states uh, adopt uh, more uh, strict and uh, uh, I would say zero uh, tolerance uh, approach to let's say uh, tobacco use uh, and uh, other uh, other states are really more oriented on the on the prevention and uh, uh, on uh, mitigation of the risks so uh, do you think that uh, european parliament or and the future uh, european parliament could contribute to to this discussion and put uh, those uh, topics on i would say more uh, evidence based level yeah i mean this is a very controversial topic as, as to be perfectly Concrete, so on alcohol, the question of wine consumption, whether moderate wine consumption can be uh, healthy or not, or whether we should be very strict on that. And the second uh, important issue, obviously, is uh, tobacco, essentially the alternatives to tobacco, so the so-called harm reduction concept. Because everybody agrees that that smoking cigarettes is a major problem, etc. But of course, the question of the alternatives, like electronic cigarettes, etc., whether they can be useful uh, in, ter- in terms of uh, prevention, in terms in terms of being less harmful than cigarettes and, and then promoting them that's the question which is very controversial uh, what is important is that actually European uh, Union has a very strong competences here because uh, European Union decides on taxation of these products especially cigarettes etc excess duties indirect taxes European Union sets this and also on the question of marketing uh, and putting these products on the market So this will be a major major issue here. European Union has a strong role to play. I think a good blueprint would be to use the uh, language used in the Becca report of the Special Committee on Beating Cancer, mm-hmm. which really had, I believe, a very balanced approach to these topics, yep. emphasizing the need to be facts based, evidence based, etc. And I think that this kind of approach should be used. Also on obesity, on the diet, what I think is also very important is that we give consumers the right to choose. So this is very important. So not prohibiting them, not penalizing them for eating meat or something, but giving them all the information and letting them decide by themselves. So not everybody can be a vegetarian just because somebody in the European Parliament thinks that this is the best way to go. So we should so we should pre- uh, give uh, the consumers the right to choose. We should give them all the information. We should provide this information on the front of pack. So this is very important, so that that we, that that it's not uh, made in small letters somewhere in the back of the of the pack uh, of, for instance, of some food, etc. But that it that it is clearly stated on the front of pack what 
the, are the potential consequences, risks, etc., of consuming this food. But then again, in the end, letting the consumers decide by themselves. And this has always been the EPP approach. So I think that we need a balanced approach here on front of pack labeling, definitely uh, providing consumers all the information, letting them decide by themselves. Also promoting healthy diet like Mediterranean diet. This is also something yes. very important. And also, especially on harm, on this so-called harm reduction and on the wine consumption to have a, a moderate and balanced language and emphasize the need to have a facts-based uh, approach and see what are the potential benefits of these alternatives as well. So you think there will be a strong opposition to uh, evidence-based approach on the uh, harm reduction topic? Or do you think that this is something that uh, will be uh, adopted uh, widely uh, all across uh, EU in uh, the next, uh, let's say, five years? Yeah, we see strong opposition uh, to this concept, uh, also with, uh, in some political groups in the parliament, but also in the commission. I think the reason is that the, the methodological. So they compare usually the the harmful effects of these alternatives like electronic cigarettes with people who do not use anything at all. And of course, yes, it's better not to consume electronic cigarettes, not to consume anything, than consume electronic cigarettes. In that sense, yes, this is harmful. But if you compared using these alternatives like electronic cigarettes with using real cigarettes, then you see that it's much less harmful. So that's, so that's the question of what kind of approach and point of view do you take? Of course, uh, uh, one of the arguments as well, which uh, this needs to be studied more, is whether these kind of alternatives can be used as a kind of an opening the door for going uh to to smoking cigarettes itself like for instance with when when you take uh certain uh, so for instance when children or minors take these kinds of things maybe when they, if this, it has very nice flavor which can attract them then maybe the next step after that will be for them to Uh, to 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 switch to cigarettes themselves. So this is the this is the major question. I think we need more studies on that. But if these alternatives can help reduce uh, the cases of cancer and can can reduce mortality, if people switch from cigarettes to these alternatives, which are much less harmful, this is also definitely something that needs to be taken into account. But opposition is very strong. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, we are fast approaching. Uh... The elections uh, for uh, European Parliament that uh, set uh, on uh, June 2024. Um, so, do you think that uh, the composition of European Parliament uh, will be uh, very much uh, different from, from the current uh, uh, composition? And do you think that uh, health uh, topics will be uh, on the top of priorities of uh, the the new EP? Yes, I think EPP will remain the strongest uh, political group. I think we'll have, because of this, obviously, also the president of the commission, and we'll be able to set the pace, because healthcare has really been the priority for the EPP. I mean, we were the ones who were pushing for Europe's beating cancer plan already in the electoral campaign in 2019. And if you see that we have the president of the commission from the EPP and the commissioner for health also from the EPP, you can see that really this health policy of the EU has been led absolutely by the EPP. And this will, it will continue to be uh, it will, this, this will continue to be the case. Uh, about the priorities of the EPP, I think one important uh, uh, issue is the cardiovascular diseases, which are the number one killer in Europe that I already mentioned. I believe we need to have a separate cardiovascular uh, plan on the European level, similar to the beating cancer, with concrete targets, concrete funding, concrete benchmarks, etc. 
And, and because currently we have this kind of an approach where all NCDs are put together, and, and I believe that this is not enough. That for, for these major diseases like cardiovascular, we have a separate plan with separate, as I said, funding, benchmarks, targets, uh, deadlines, etc. So definitely, definitely this will be one import, very important priority. Finishing the negotiations on pharmaceutical legislation, because we will not be able to finish everything before elections. That's definitely true. Implementation of the EHDS, which I believe that we will finish the negotiations on the regulation before elections, but then we have to work on the implementation, building trust, etc. that I already mentioned. And also, I believe what will be important in the next term is also to, also to think about how, cross, how the cross-border healthcare rules, which enable patients to go abroad to get healthcare, when they, which they cannot get in their own home country, that these rules also need to be made much more simpler, much clearer for the patients, and much easier for them to access healthcare abroad if they cannot get best treatment in their own territory. So definitely, so definitely changing these rules, making them simpler, making them more patient-centered and patient-friendly is also something that we will definitely have to work on in the next method so that all patients in Europe get the same access to the same quality of healthcare because I think that's the major challenge. There are enormous differences in terms of quality of care, of standards of care, of health outcomes across the EU, and we have to make sure that really all EU citizens get the same or similar quality of healthcare, so that there are no first and second class citizens. Because currently, differences between healthcare provided in, for instance, Brussels or Paris on one side, or in some rural remote area in Croatia, Slovakia, or Romania, these differences are enormous. And we have to make sure that these differences do not exist anymore. There can be no first and second class citizens in the EU. And this is something that we will have to work on in the next mandate. Uh, well, concerning your own uh, mandate of Member of European Parliament, what is there that you are really proud of that you achieved, that you managed to change in, the, in a good way? Uh, definitely, I think EHDS is very important. We, uh, and I, I, be, I think. And you yourself as a reporter for that, right? I'm, I'm one of the two. I'm one of the. I'm the core rapporteur on that file. Yep. Also, what what we are doing on pharma legislation, I'm a shadow rapporteur there. I think that's that's also important. I'm glad that I was also rapporteur in the Committee on Regional Development on the report on how to use European Union funds, cohesion funds, mm -hmm. to to uh, to decrease these differences in healthcare provision which exist. What I was saying about first and second class citizens, uh, and I think these are definitely the things which I consider very important. There were other files that I was working on, like the Becca report, uh, Farm to Fork strategy, where we really uh, fought very strongly for this pay the consumer's right to choose and to be informed about the, the food they are eating. Uh, there are other initiatives as well, which are not that related to healthcare, like for instance, uh, fighting for the for the co-payment, co-funding of EU for cohesion uh, policy projects to, to remain at uh, at 85%, not to be reduced to 70%, which is important for especially uh, member, smaller member states which do not have resources to co-fund all of these EU projects uh, in, in the amount of 30%. Also developing the common charger, so that now, that now that we have the common standard for common char charger across the EU, which means that Apple will also have to have the same standard as Android mobile phones. I think this is something which is practically very important. I was part of this initiative in the Consumer Protection Committee. So definitely, I think we've done a lot, uh, but there is still a lot uh, that needs to be done. And especially in the area of healthcare, we have to focus on making sure that all EU citizens get the same quality of healthcare wherever they live. Well, this is um, absolutely 
delightful last sentence, I think. And uh, I think it's time to uh, say thank you very much uh, for your time and for your contribution to the debate. And uh, um, um, good luck in the final month uh, of uh, this uh, EP and uh, good luck with uh, finalizing uh, all the initiatives that are uh, ahead of you. Thank you.